Steve, while I have you today, I want to fast forward to your job today. Okay. You're working, as I said earlier in the podcast, and I'll repeat it here in case this gets broken up into two, that um, that the, the, the mission in Seattle is arguably the best run mission I've ever been around in terms of knowing its purpose, in serving its purpose, in not compromising the gospel, yet in being a critical, critical part of Seattle's response to the overwhelming homeless situation, the encampments. Anyone that's ever driven up here on the freeways sees the encampments and knows uh, or been to a ball game and saw the people camping all along the parking areas and and uh, access points. Um, it's a, a terrible problem, uh, mostly to do with the opiate crisis and, uh, and other things like that, mental illness, PTSD, uh, these sorts of things. Um, tell, tell us about fundraising for that mission and how important it is that this mission actually knows how to inspect its fruit. I, what was the last phrase? I didn't hear. <clears throat> that this mission knows how to look at its fruit and oh. tell you what, what's going on. That is the part that uh, amazes me, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you talk about it and then okay. we'll, we'll, we'll explore that a little bit. Well, there's one distinction um, about homelessness and working at the mission. You know, our, our vision, our, our, let me say our mission is to really bring the love of Jesus and the hope for a new life to our homeless neighbors. And what, what we realize is that these homeless neighbors are people's sons, daughters, friends, colleagues, and bad things have happened to them, but they're still nonetheless um, designed, built, and created for God. So one of the things that we have a passion for at the mission is to make sure that every person who's homeless understands that they're beloved by God and that they're valuable. Whether we're on search and rescue and we're trying to create a connection and survival for people who are literally freezing to death, starving death, it's hard to believe in the United States that that would happen, but it happens. And those people in survival, we go out every night, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. We have somebody at night, and we have somebody during the day. We're out trying to reach people by trying to tell them that they're beloved, they're valuable, there's value in them. So that's what we do. We also want them to know that they can be redeemed. So everything that we do, it, it may not be verbally, when you're out, you have to build trust, just like with anyone. You have to build trust with them. So we let them know we care about them and we keep repeating. We, we have a message and the message is that somebody loves you. Sometimes it's with words, sometimes in the beginning it's not, but eventually we're constantly trying to give them opportunities to say yes to the redemption. And then we give them opportunities to say, you can be restored. And we can help stabilize you. We, we can help bring you off the street and we can bring you into a place that can stabilize you. And that we can also bring you into a place that 
once you're stable and you're able to make good decisions and you're able to be out of the fear of survival and the fear of the brokenness, maybe you're a drug addict or maybe you have a mental illness. These uh, dual diagnoses aren't uncommon to have both of those at the same time, but we try to get them in a place where they're stabilized and we have program to do that. But we don't lose sight that we need to get them to the next stage and that's to recover them. So we have places, facilities, men's shelters, women's shelters with programs, with counselors, with um, people who actually spend their whole day pouring into these people and giving them valuable tools of how to cope, how to, how to build in good character habits in their life, how to get them um, uh, that we don't shy away from the gospel. We get them into this program of having Bible study and hearing God's words and saying yes to the gospel. And then we take that full, full course to post-graduation and we help provide uh, them to get a job. We help, have, help to have, get them housing. We help to get them connected to local communities. Um, reconciled with their family, if possible. Uh, reconciled with their family, which is oftentimes uh, one of those bridges that's really important, Rob, to, to re-engage because what And the hardest when, bridge to cross for many of them. It, it is in the, bro with the brokenness <clears throat> of their lives. Uh, many times these people, Rob, are often, not always, but many times, women are homeless because they've been abused. Um, men have been abused. Um, because of family lives or decisions that they made in home, the brokenness that happened, they make a decision or two, which we're all capable of doing, and that can lead to devastating effects. You can start taking drugs, you can start alcohol, and that breaks the relationship of families and breaks trust of families. And so when we're in the recovery stage, many times that recovery will be how to bridge back and restore those relationships. I can give you a story outside of the mission of a woman who came to our house, Kathy and I, we had a, that worked with the mission. She came to our house, her name's Ellen, and Ellen works for a ministry. And Ellen came to us 10 years in a row looking for her daughter on the streets. She came from a Christian home. She was educated, she had a degree, she had a great job. She made a couple bad decisions from hurt from early childhood that brought her into devastating effects. And her mom came looking for her every single year and stayed at our home for three weeks at a time, looking for her daughter, hoping to find her. Those broken relationships are really common. But what happened was that this whole idea that I said at the very beginning, we do not give up on people. Um, so we, we are out on the streets every day, 365 days a year. There are about 6,000 people in Seattle. Well, there's 12 to 14,000, depending on when you take the, the count of people that are homeless. Of those homeless people, 6,000 of them, about roughly half, live in the streets with tents. Of those people that live in tents through search and rescue and through um, our um, outreach teams during the day that follow up on search and rescue, we know 3,000 of, 3, of those 6,000 people by name. 
We know their first names. We know their story. We know where they're from. We know what they're struggling with. We know um, what their hopes and their dreams are. And we have relationship with them. And like you just said, we take them through that survival, stabilization and recovery, and we restore those relationships. And Rob, I think we're gonna talk about this later, but we wanna know when we're doing this, we don't wanna just hand the blanket out. We don't want to just give a meal. We won't, don't want to just give some socks or a hygiene kit to somebody. That's important, that's really important. And it's something that we want to display and show that we love them but our goal is to make them whole. And we wanna measure if we're successful in making them whole. So we have a, a real passion to know if we're successful. And that's the five criteria. And that is the five criteria. So well, I wanna put a pause. I wanna talk about the five criteria, but I wanna emphasize why I fell in love with the mission when I went over and spent a day. Well, one, I just love mission work. I mean, it's where, where I got started. But um, it, was, it was the oddest little ministry that you have. You had three people working for this ministry, I think. And it was in the downtown Pioneer Square area of uh, where you had a bunch of little businesses and bars and boutiques and uh, other things like that, hard up against the underbelly of the city. Where, where where the homeless would camp and other things like that. And there were a number of people every day that wandered in and out of these businesses and were, had inappropriate behavior inside the business. A behavior not inappropriate for someone who's struggling with mental illness, but something very disturbing to everybody around them. And uh, and And the police, stopped going out on the calls when the businessman would call and say, hey, there's this person in my, in my lobby yelling and I, I need you to help get rid of this person. The police stopped coming out and the mission stepped in and started visiting. Uh, it, it gave a phone number to these business people down there. And I believe they even funded it somewhat. And uh, so that when someone came to their lobby, they'd call the mission, not the police. And the mission would sol uh, show up with the, uh, with the phrase, salt or sweet. Meaning, hey, you hungry? Let's go to McDonald's and I'll get you some uh, burger and some fries. Or if you want a donut and a coffee, let's go there. And because you knew these people by first name, they'd immediately calm down and go with you. That was the, the story. So that's the kind of on the ground connectivity that this mission has. And frankly, if you're listening to this podcast or watching it, it's the kind of outreach that every ministry should have, where it's, it, it's displaying the love of Christ in real and tangible ways that even the civic authorities can't do mm. uh, where you're from. So, I, But I want to move on to the five criteria and, Rob, and how that you, helps in fundraising. But I was just so taken with that story. Yeah. Do you mind me telling you a little story, and maybe you could not. edit. Maybe you could edit this out, and it will be for Probably a future not. time. But there were several several years ago. There was a uh, an issue in the city, and there was the place in the city called the jungle, and the jungle right. was under two underpasses, and it was uh, kind of the the war zone. Uh, police wouldn't even go into the. Uh, jungle because it was too dangerous. Uh, they would probably not come out alive. It was that dangerous. 
but the city decided they were going to clean the city up and they were going to take and clean that up. So the mayor and a team of officers with riot gear invited us because they knew we had worked there uh, to come to help them uh, kind of de-escalate if something were to arise. And as the mayor and the SWAT team, if you will, came into the jungle, um, they were ready to show use force and go into the jungle to start clearing out camp encampments. And one, a few of our staff who were behind the policemen and in front of the mayor, <laughs> the mayor was in the back, we were in between, <laughs> and the police were in the front. I'm behind you. Well, I mean, way behind you. Right. But what happened was we brought donuts and food. And when we got to the encampment and the police- They brought rioted. guns, you brought donuts. We brought donuts. What well, happened donuts was- Donuts are the foundation of rescue work, I gotta tell you. Right. And, and, the, and the police were in the front and they were ready to go forward and they noticed the workers behind them. And they called out their names, the workers' names. The homeless called out their names. And we would say, hey, Billy and Julie and Sally and Tim, and they go, what are you guys doing here? And the mayor said, let them through. And we went to the front of the line and we said, hey, we, we brought some donuts and we just thought we'd tell you what's going on. That we, we wanna displace you to another place that's safer, blah, 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 blah. And they invited the police in and the police set down their gear and the mayor walked in with our team into the encampment as we de-escalated that whole scenario because we knew their names, Rob. And that made- That made uh, the papers. I remember when the jungle got cleared and the mission was right down in the middle of it. It was remarkable because you know what happened is that they knew they were beloved. Many of those people, believe it or not, were, were redeemed followers of Christ, not to the ultimate place they need to be, but they were getting better and they were getting the help by us. And so th this is, uh, and our goal is to restore them. So that's a great story. Your story is a good one, but that's another great story about that. But we do, um, uh, we do like um, showing the love of God going forward, demonstrated right. indeed.